Hallelujah. I'm sure you are enjoying your entry into the month and uh, worship and adoration to the King is awesome. He's worthy of it all. Hallelujah. Thank God for bringing us into a new month. We've already enjoyed some time during fasting and prayer. We're believing for great things in the midst of all of these last days, uh, atmosphere and hardness of heart and all of that. Praise God. God is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you. We, we bless your holy name. Thank you for helping us today. We call every need met, every oak destroyed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Today we have Brother Sharat with us who help us with our translation. I'm going to read from Colossians, the first chapter, from the twelfth verse, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the authority or power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Hallelujah. It's an amazing line of scripture there, and uh, the earlier parts of it are used in our prayers, and 12 talks about the thanksgiving unto the Father. The Father is the one who plans all these things. The Lord Jesus executes them. The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals these things. Hallelujah. Praise God for revelation coming to us more and more. So we give you thanks, Abba Father. Hallelujah. That you've qualified us to partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. Notice he says he has delivered us out of the authority of darkness praise God, translated us into the kingdom of the dear Son. There's so much that He has already done, leaving us with a choice to say, yes, I believe. I choose to believe what Jesus has done, what the Father has done. Praise God. Amen. And I have redemption through His blood, forgiveness, or even the remission of sins. The image, notice that he's the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In other words, when he was on the earth, he was visible. But then, you know, people said, God is invisible. How can you be God and all that stuff? So he was the visible representation, character of the invisible God. Now he's gone back. He's at the right hand of God the Father. And He has left His Word with us and His Spirit with us. The image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. I believe that you and I are, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, and so on. He is the first begotten from the dead. And so we take our place as His brethren. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amazing prayer there. Maybe we can just read Verse 12 and 14 uh, in Canada, please. Belkinadiru, a parishudder, a bagetelli, 
ಪಾಲುಗಾರರಾಗುವುದಕ್ಕೆ ನಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಯೋಗ್ಯರನ್ನಾಗಿ ಮಾಡಿದ ತಂದೆಗೆ ಚಿತ್ರವಾಗಿರಬೇಕೆಂತಲೂ ನಾನು ಆಶಿಸುತ್ತೇನೆ ಆತನಲ್ಲಿ ಆ ಕುಮಾರನಲ್ಲಿ ಆತನ ರಕ್ತದ ಮೂಲಕ ನಮಗೆ ವಿಮೋಚನೆಯು ಅಂದರೆ ಪಾಪ ಪರಿಹಾರವೂ ಉಂಟಾಯಿತು So you can see there that he has done all the work basically and we just have to choose we have to make a choice to say i believe with our own hearts and then express it through uh words of our lips and that is how everything works so we'll look in the book of deuteronomy also chapter 30 and observe there we've read uh, verse 19 and 20 he says i call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing choose life that you and your seed may live that you may love the lord your god you may obey him obey his voice cleave unto him he is the length notice that your life the length of thy days that you may dwell praise god in the land which the lord thy god swore to give you notice that we have choice eventually it's all up to our choices it's not up to god really he's done all the work and left us with the believing and the speaking that we make a choice on what to believe and what to speak so he he cannot do that for us and he will never violate our choices but he has set these things before us life and death blessing and cursing he says choose life that you and your seed may live that you may obtain uh, temporal physical blessings also hallelujah so um keep that in mind and let's uh, move up a little bit forward in the fourth verse of chapter 30 also and observe here it says if any of uh be thy driven out to the outmost parts of heaven thence will the lord thy god gather thee from thence and he fetch thee the lord thy god will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed thou shalt possess it and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers the lord thy god will circumcise thy heart uh, the heart of thy seed to love the lord your god with all notice that so he has told them I'll do all these things but you have the choice even then they had a choice today we believe and then we act out our choices the first action is the speaking hallelujah and then you notice there in verse 15 he says oh, let's start in 14 but the word is very nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it this same thing is quoted over in Romans but slightly differently it says in 15 see i have set before you this day life and good death and evil and that i command this day to love the lord thy god to walk in his ways to keep his commandments his statutes and so forth so um these same things are stated here verse 12 says it is not in heaven that thou shouldest say who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it 13 neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say who shall go up over the sea for us to bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it but the word is very near or nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it 
Praise God. And he now quotes these same things, but he says them differently over in Romans chapter 10, that great uh, salvation chapter, speaking there of the righteousness which is by faith. In verse 4 he says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. So, you know, here he's talking about as though Jesus did not do enough, let's bring him from heaven. He did not do enough when he went into the lower parts of the earth. Let's go and bring him from there. You know, in other words, he has done enough. Jesus has done it all. He has paid the full price and ascended to the highest heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Fulfilling every requirement so that we are heirs together with Him and that now we can freely choose. Hallelujah. Verse 8, he says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. So we are sure that he has done enough in going down to the lowest hell, in rising up to the highest heaven, paid the full price for us, and we can believe with the heart what He has done, and confess with our mouths what we believe concerning the end of the law for righteousness, and we are saved. Hallelujah. We believe it with our heart, and we say it with our mouths. That law of believing and speaking still is left with us too actually accomplished. We have to now believe with the heart and speak with the mouth. Hallelujah. So let's just hear um, one part of it from Canada also in verse 6, Romans chapter 10. Thank you, Brother Sharat. Amen. And verse 7 also, who shall descend? Amen. So now you don't have to wait for any more work to be done. It's all done. Now we open our mouths and we make the choice to believe and to speak. The word is near us. It's in our heart and in our mouth. So you could say that the choice that changes everything from curse to blessing from death to life, is now in our heart and in our mouth, in what we believe and what we speak. The development of that is where the Christian life is. That's all. It's uh, very simple, very clear. You know, sometimes people find it so hard to just uh, 
accept it. You know, they think they should pray out something and force God to do something and push something and all of that. You know, there seems to be a lot in that direction, but all that is fine when you are doing it for somebody else. But for yourself, it's all near you in your heart and in your mouth. Praise God. So it's when you are now enjoying the benefits of these realities for yourself and you want to help others to now receive, you pray for them, you, in quote, push things for them and help them out. Praise God. So if the church, if the individual would learn that the choice is with him to be able to say, I believe certain things, what Jesus has paid for, and I'm speaking them out, and the Bible says, you'll just receive. You'll have the life, you'll have the blessing, you'll have the property, the prosperity, the healing, the wholeness, the soundness. That's exactly what he said, that Jesus has paid the full price for it, and that it is a settled thing. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. So, um, you know, that whole amazing way it is spread out, you know, must not be misunderstood. Sometimes people would like to uh, departmentalize us and call us this and that and the other. But this is the only faith there is. This is the only uh, system of believing that the Bible has given to us. Hallelujah. Praise God. So notice there he says in verse 6, The righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Praise God. So there is a righteousness of faith and it has to speak. Hallelujah. And then verse 8 says, What saith it? The word is nigh thee in your heart and in your mouth. This is the word of faith which we preach. So you cannot call it, you know, word of faith or word of righteousness that is something new or anything like that. It's just what was in the scripture. This is what Paul preached. If you are the church, this is the only word there is. Hallelujah. Get it. Please, please understand this. There's no other word. If you are not the church, then it's a different story. If you're not the church, then you are, you know, Old Testament. But today, that time is over. It's almost time to get raptured. So please understand this. Please, in Jesus' name, understand. The choice is in our heart and in our mouth to believe what God has said in the finished work, in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and sitting at the right hand of majesty on high. Hallelujah. So let's hear um, verse 8 also in Canada. Amen. Praise God. So it's a Nambika Nambike Vakye. Notice that. <laughs> In other words, it's a, it's a word of faith. It's what you believe. That's all Paul preached. That's all we have to receive. Amen. We don't have anything else. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go to the book of Proverbs as we think about this. Notice you have the choice. Proverbs in chapter 24. Um, Praise God. Or rather, uh, Proverbs 14.34, it says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. 
That's Proverbs 14.34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Hallelujah. Notice that therefore, we just have to choose to stuff our hearts with thoughts of righteousness, thoughts of who we are in Christ, and forget the things that are past and your old nature. Let it all be, because actually, The man that was inside there has died. There's nobody like that anymore. You are a new creature. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's wonderful to know, right? You're a free person. And so you are a blessing to the nation in which you are. And any nation that actually begins to found itself on these truths will be blessed. It's a fact. Righteousness will exalt the nation. Sin will cause reproach to the people. Amen. And until you get saved and you begin to read your book properly, you don't seem to understand it. But thank God, we are the ones that make the difference today. And even though the world does not want us, uh, we'll, we'll leave them very shortly. And they're going to find themselves facing the consequence of sin. Because the only sin that the world may be guilty of is the sin of not accepting Jesus, who has done all the work, who went to the lowest hell for us and rose up to the highest heaven for us, fulfilling all the righteousness, fulfilling every requirement of heaven. Hallelujah. Now we believe with the heart and say with the mouth. Praise God. So you cannot blame God for anything. The choice is left with us. We choose. God has given us that right to choose. He has made us like that. And so, because we are in His image and in His likeness, He respects us and treats us with dignity. Hallelujah. All the indignities are from the devil and fallen mankind. God is a God of dignity, a God of honor. Hallelujah. He gives us our true value and He lets us choose. He says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, you choose. The more you realize that, and the more you accept it, the more dignity comes to your life, and it affects the way you treat others also. Hallelujah. You know, uh, we have to preach these things, we have to teach these things, before Jesus comes, so that we may enjoy some level of life, you know, maybe which we have not enjoyed till now, but it's time to receive that kind of honor. Hallelujah. So righteousness will exalt a nation. Let's read uh, Proverbs uh, 14:34 also in Kannada, please. Neetiyu janangavannu vritti madutade. Yava prajegadaru paapavu avamanavagide. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the book of Proverbs is a loaded book and uh, it's not a coincidence that it just has about 30 uh, chapters which you can read one uh, per month, or rather one per day, so that you finish the whole book in one month. And you could enjoy um, the way God thinks, His wisdom, the way He would choose. And so you would make a, a lot of difference in your daily lifestyle. There's a very capital verse in it, in Romans, the ninth chapter. I'm sorry, Proverbs, the ninth chapter, and it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the holy is understanding. Praise God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the holy 
is understanding. So you notice there's a word there, wisdom, and then there's knowledge and there's understanding. And this is all written in uh, <clears throat> the original uh, language, which is supposed to be the Hebrew language, just like the New Testament is in Greek. And since we are uh, uh, not really scholars in this, we just rely on books and studies that the scholars have done. But one good thing is you can use uh, an app called the eSword. And if you have that, you know, uh, you could check and it will give you some equivalents. It's very helpful. So he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy is understanding. So there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is the uh, accumulation of facts. You constantly receiving information um, and you are being loaded up like a database but wisdom is the ability to choose based on those facts uh, for each situation you face during your life so as you study the book of proverbs you know maybe one chapter a day it helps you to choose properly um, on a daily basis and you begin to understand some things something known as the knowledge of the holy. Yes, He's a holy God, and we are holy people, and we sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And our God is a holy God. Amen. So we are not just a group of people who are averse to holy and uh, things like that. You know, some people say they are holiness people, and they are, the others say they are whatever else people, you know. If you are a believer, you have to understand the holy. The knowledge of the holy is understanding. Hallelujah. And who's holy? He is holy. The Lord God Almighty, the Holy One of Israel. So the, the holy there means the person and the character and the nature that is far above uh, the earthly failures and impurities. And it is far above any other kind of natural way of choosing. Amen? It's far from animalistic failure and flopping. So people do not like to read this book because fallen man cannot seem to come to that standard. So you get born again because Jesus knows that, that you cannot conform to this standard, but that you are generally animal-like in all of your choices. And so... He did all the work and made sure that we got a new nature on the inside. Praise God, born again, just as He is. And then we have to choose based on what we know from the Word of God to handle the daily challenges that come along. Praise God. So let's see if we can enjoy some of these benefits. Verse 11 says, For by me, wisdom, the knowledge of the holy, Thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. So you can see there, it's very similar. Choose life, that you and your seed may live, that you may receive the blessing, that you may receive the earth. Hallelujah. Similar uh, kind of language used here. If you understand these ways, and you begin to choose according to it, he says it is going to multiply your years, and increase the length of your days. Hallelujah. It's awesome. If you're wise, you're wise for yourself. 
Praise God. Amazing. So, um, let's hear maybe verse 10 and 11 also in Canada. Thank you, Brother Sharat. Kartana Bayave Nyanake Mulau Parishudana Tilwaliki Vivekau Nana Mulakan in a Dinagalu Hecho in a Jivan the Varsakalu Gudiago Ninu Nyanya Gitere Ninestaki Nine Nyanyagiri. Amen. So let's um, probably read a little bit and see how we can glean from the book of Proverbs, even from chapter 1, just on a basic level. Chapter 1 says in verse 2, To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive, notice that, the words of understanding. Here the word for wisdom, you know, is different. If you read there, there are different, different words used. But... Um, Instruction is there also. Another word used there, but it means discipline in this case. So there's discipline involved in the obtaining of wisdom. You'll have to be able to get up and choose to read the Bible, choose to read these kind of things, rather than dilly-dally and waste time doing other things. There's going to be a discipline involved Notice there he says, to perceive the words of understanding. The word perceive there means that you're not using your intellect really. It's not based on the keenness of your intellect, but it is based on spiritual perception. So a good verse for that would be 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. And uh, let's go there and observe verse 14. He says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Hallelujah. Shall we hear verse 14 in Canada, please? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So the natural man talks about the man on the outside, just, you know, your brain and all of those kind of things. And uh, he does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. Amen? Hallelujah. So, sometimes... Yes, brother, go on. Amen. So there's a spiritual kind of discernment that is involved in perceiving things. It's the kind of thought that comes into mind where you're saying, I don't know, but I just don't feel good about it. You know, just that you perceive that something is not right. That kind of uh, spiritual perception is what he's talking about. He says, by the discipline of handling wisdom and the word of God consistently, you develop that perception where you can tell something is not right. You know, and that's a great quality because your natural mind may not be able to figure that out. And uh, you just walk straight into traps. So how many of you know that we need more of this kind of wisdom so you can perceive things? Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, another verse like that would be nice where in Luke chapter 9 and the 55th verse, you know, they said, let's call fire down from heaven and 
let's burn up these guys because they're not receiving and all that. You remember? Luke 9.55, But he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit you are. Hallelujah. So, uh, to be able to figure out what manner of spirit a person is. You know, what manner of spirit, what kind of spiritual atmosphere uh, is motivating some people. It's all by the perception. It's not intellectual. So the word says, if you promise to delve into these things on a daily basis, it's going to improve the way you perceive spiritual things also. Atmospheres of, you know, people and things and so on that natural intellect cannot tap into. And so you begin to make choices that are different. Hallelujah. For instance, you know, people may not be in the tragic place they would have just felt, today I'm not going that way. Everybody said, hey, we, we're going that way, why don't you come with us? And you just said, you know what, today I'm not going. And so some people just uh, missed flights, they missed uh, certain locations. You know, when everybody went, they just decided not to go. And it's that edge that we're talking about. And in the last days, we need that kind of perception that we'll be able to tell that, you know what, I I'm not just doing that today or I'm just going to make a, a little stop here and take a rain check on this and so on and so forth. Hallelujah. So, you know, it increases your life. Hallelujah. So God cannot be blamed even in the midst of all the mayhem and stuff that is going to come upon the earth that is already happening, if we can listen on a daily basis and discipline ourselves to be with the wisdom of God, we are going to be able to perceive some things that will cause us to increase our length of days and our time. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why God has chosen to leave us here uh, in these days. Because... He has furnished us with the materials and said, you just need to choose properly. Amen. Let's read uh, verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 1 also in Kannada. Amen. So to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Praise God. And even understanding there is a word that is going to be uh, involving discipline, you know, because, again, it's by the discipline of choosing to act on God's Word and becoming more and more rooted and grounded in those kind of thoughts. It's going to take work, a constant work, and that causes us to get this perception of the words of understanding. Praise God. Verse 3 continues, it says, To receive the instruction of wisdom. This is a different word now for wisdom. It's a word that's probably, I'm not pronouncing it well, it's sakal, which means uh, just a kind of common sense or good sense. To receive the instruction of good sense, common sense. Then it continues, justice, judgment, and equity. Hallelujah. To receive the instruction, there again it is a discipline where you have to decide I'm going to act on these words. I'm going to read them again. I'm going to prayerfully study them over. And then you begin to get uh, instruction in good sense. Good sense is a, a sense that is supposed to be common, but is not so common. 
So there are not too many children out there who have, you know, just common sense. And uh, maybe church children are too easily swayed because they believe everybody. Maybe they believe church people, so when they go out there, they believe everybody. But as you study the Word and as you spend time in the discipline, you know, which is not really one of the favorites of any child, to be disciplined, to wake up and sit down with the Word and study that over and over, it's going to be uh, not so, uh, you know, very, very, let's call it um, tasteful. (laughs) They're not going to like it. And you may have to shout, and you may have to, you know, correct them, and all of that. But that's all discipline. So, praise God. Let's let's just look for a minute at ourselves, leave the children alone, and see that we need the discipline also of having this kind of common good sense. So, children who are trained and nurtured in the admonition of God, they should be able to come out with this good sense, or just common sense, where they don't just believe whatever anybody's saying. Praise God, I believe all of us need it. Amen? Sometimes we can just believe people, we can be naive. But this wisdom of God, if we choose to be disciplined and study it, and prayerfully allow it permeate our being, it should give us this sense, this good sense. And notice some results are going to be justice, Judgment, equity. Amen. The word for justice is supposed to be where you need to treat people with a certain kind of, um, um, let's just say, equality. You know, God does not treat us in a bad way. He treats us as though we are his own family. Let's hear verse 3 in Canada, please, and see. Amen. Praise God. So, we need to be able to learn that we are all His family people and that we are treated nicely by Him. He has paid the price for all of us, gone to hell for us, and He's the firstborn, so we are second, third. We are all from the family. We are heirs together. We are joint heirs. And so, um, you know, he does not talk like trashly to us. He talks to us with dignity. If you get used to the word and the way God thinks, it's full of a certain dignity. He calls us holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. (laughs) What dignity there is in all of that. You know, so we begin to see that God doesn't talk to us as though we are just trash. He says, you are in my class of being. You're my sons. You're in my family. So wisdom begins to affect uh, that kind of thinking. Hallelujah. Let's look at a verse like that. For instance, um, over there in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 40. Observe there, he says, He that receiveth you, receiveth me. He that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. Notice that. He that receives you, receives Jesus. And he that receives Jesus receives the Father God who sent him. Notice that you are a vital part of that chain. Hallelujah. What an honor that anyone who receives you is actually receiving Jesus. And whoever receives and honors Jesus is honoring the Father God. 
And we are in that continual chain there. Isn't that wonderful? Another verse like that would be uh, John, the fifth chapter. Maybe we'll hear the Kannada of it also. John 5 and verse 23. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which has sent him. So you can see a lot of honor is written in that verse. Let's hear John 5.23 also in Canada, please. So if you put the two of them together, those who honor you are honoring Jesus, and those who honor Jesus are honoring the Father. And we're in that kind of a flow there, you see. So there's all of that kind of uh, equality in the family, in God. Praise God. Even though God is the creator, God the Father is greater than the Son. He said in John 14, He said that, I think it's in verse 28 or so, If you love me, you would rejoice because that I'm going to my Father. And if you really love me, you'd be excited that I'm going to my Father because my Father is greater than I. So even though um, there is this greatness, notice that, my Father is greater than I, or hierarchy in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, they are all equal at the same time. And the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father back, and the Holy Spirit responds to all of this, and they are the Godhead. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? So uh, that kind of love, honor, relationship comes into us also as we begin to contemplate the wisdom of God, as we begin to think on these kind of thoughts. And especially in a time where, you know, there's so much dishonor, where even people are not being honored as male anymore or female anymore. And they're saying, what are we now? You know, they've gone to that level where they don't know whether they are animals or humans or all standards of God-given honor are being cast down. And uh, these things are going to be coming towards us and approaching our thinking. And we'll need to know exactly the compass of God. How does God see all of this? Praise God. Now you can see if someone misunderstood all this, they could now say they were God because of the honor that has been given. But of course, that is highly mismanaged and misunderstood. Praise God. But back there in Proverbs, the first chapter, let's go back. And we read verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and goes on. So even when we're dealing with our children, they are our children. They are from our family. And so we need to also correct them and train them up with the honor of being sons of God at the same time. They are also children of God. They are not even actually just our children. They are His children, you know. And that comes into marriage also. You can't just treat your spouse anyhow. She's God's own one. She came from heaven. He came from heaven. So we have to start building that into our thinking, which comes from the wisdom of God. Can you imagine that? But it involves discipline because we'll have to hammer down some things which, which were contrary to our natural uh, upbringing, our natural thinking, 
uh, we just didn't think that way. We just looked at people uh, however else, you know, maybe as, as just pawns that you can move around and get yourself what you want. But that's not the way God is. Hallelujah. He says we are honored in His sight, that He who honors us is honoring Him. Praise God. So this all has to flow into our daily thinking. The instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment. Notice that judgment there means to be able to make the right kind of decision. To decide properly about things. Sometimes people's judgments are warped. They don't know how to judge things properly. We all need loads of all of this, don't we? Just to make correct judgments, to handle things properly, to weigh out matters. Very vital, you know, fairly being able to judge things. The next word is equity, which means uh, fair treatment. Hallelujah. I think it could come in a place of, say, you have two children, then you take one out by chance and then buy them something, come back home and you realize, hmm, second one, where's mine? You know, you bought that for him. Where's mine? You cannot say any excuse. You cannot just push it back. You know, you need to be able to say, all right, come, let's go and go get something of maybe similar value and worth in their eyes. And that if you delay it and treat it differently, it could affect them. Amen. So we have to be able to handle all of these kind of things, you know, when dealing with people, dealing with family, all these qualities, these values come out of wisdom. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 4 continues, to give subtlety to the simple. The word for simple there is the fool, the foolish person. Subtlety means to make them wise. So, you know, this may be, say, people who say that they are not wise. You know, I just don't understand. But God has hidden like that constantly, even in the scriptures. If you notice, I believe in Matthew 11, it says in verse 25, that you did not uh, reveal these things to the prudent, to the wise, but rather unto babes. Remember that? Let's hear um, 11 and 25. Also in Canada, I'll read. It says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hidden or hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Hallelujah. So he has revealed them to babes. Notice that, please, in verse 25, Canada, please. Thank you. So God has a way of hiding like that, you know, where the wisdom of the wise doesn't seem to click in there, but rather those who are simple or, you know, almost like babies, they seem to be able to receive all of these things. So it's not actually a natural human kind of wisdom we are dealing with. It's a discipline of studying and receiving God's wisdom. Amen. And so um, there are people who may say, I have that wisdom. I read the book constantly. And so um, notice that it continues here, verse 5, A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. So this is for the guy who says, But I already read the Bible. I already read that verse. I read the Proverbs every day. Guess what? 
if you are a wise man, you read it again, you will get more out of it. <laughs> See, there's almost no escape uh, if you are going to do it right. It's a discipline. So those who claim that they have known so much and they are studying all the time, guess what? Maybe you're not in line with the wisdom of God. Because if you are yielding and going through that discipline, you will say, all right, tell me, let me hear. Let me listen. And if it's true, whatever it is, even if it's a criticism, if it's true, well, we'll make the adjustment. But if it's not true, it's okay. Maybe I wasted a few minutes. That was it. But you notice, such a person is open and he doesn't get ticked off. God help us all, right? Usually anytime a criticism comes down the pipe, Anytime anybody's going to say something or teach us something, there's a, there's a break and, you know, there's something that kind of bristles up and we just think that we've arrived. That attitude kind of kicks in and that's not a very wise, godly attitude. Amen? Hallelujah. So we should be ready, thank God. And we can be ready to just say, okay, let me get wiser. I'm in a place to get wiser. So hearing again and making adjustments just makes us wiser. Praise God. So verse 4 says, To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. So he's actually talking to young people. And to find a young person who's wise is just the ultimate. You don't find too many like that. Because they seem outdated. They don't react to whatever is out there the same way as their peers. You know, so they just stand out very differently. But they are available and they must have gone through the discipline of studying and following the Word of God. So some of us, you know, our children have gone out earlier. Maybe they have not accomplished all of these things, but they have a chance and they have a choice. As long as we are alive, as long as our heart is still beating, we can decide to discipline ourselves study the wisdom of God on a daily basis and get more, get even wiser and learn how to deal discreetly and subtly when we go out there because we are actually in Satan's world. This is not God's world right now. It's Satan's world and he's out there and he's waiting for a chance to mess with us. Hallelujah. So don't forget the wisdom of God is available on a daily basis. Maybe we can hear verse 4 also in Kannada, please. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, the difference between an actual wise person and a foolish person will be, he says, yes, I've gone through this before, I've heard this before, but if it's coming out to me again, it's just going to make me wiser. So every opportunity you have to hear and to listen and to study and to go over the Word of God again is just another chance to get even better. Hallelujah. So we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from one level to the next, because that's how we were created. The path of the just gets brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Hallelujah. Verse 5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. So notice, this is what makes persons do things differently. 
and have different kind of results. They just choose differently. They listen to other kind of counsels. They are following some other kind of, in quote, shepherd. Hallelujah. And so they miss out on the flops and the pitfalls of others. Amen. Verse 6 says, to understand a proverb. To understand a proverb. And the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. So wisdom is also given to understand. So in the beginning, maybe when you're reading for the, the original few times, you don't really understand. So as time goes, as you discipline yourself to go over it prayerfully, you start to understand because of that base of knowledge and the choice that you are making to stay disciplined in that word, to just put it in there daily and maybe early in the day. Hallelujah. To take the extra time and discipline yourself there. He says, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the meaning of it. Praise God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So sometimes you can tend to sense that there's this thing rising up where, what's he trying to tell me? I know everything. I've read the Bible back and forth, from Genesis to maps or whatever, and I know everything in between. I know them by page now. You don't have to tell me that's my Bible, you know, and all of that stuff. And, you know, you're just becoming that morose kind of person, you know. Um, there has to be this spice that is there on a daily basis. Here I am, Lord. I'm open. I'm available. So if you're in that path where you want to keep increasing and become wiser, then take this attitude and honor God's word above all else. Hallelujah. Oh, better than gold and fine gold. Praise God. That's where it is. He says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. My son, hear the instruction of a father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. So it is possible as time grow, goes on for people to forsake the instruction of the parents and just do whatever they want. And you know, they don't have the ornament, they don't have the grace, they don't have the ability, but they can always return. And they can always get back into the things of God, go back to the place from which they fell, like in Revelations. You know, to identify that they left the counsel of their parents, to identify that they have forsaken those things, uh, is a very big deal. And one can easily go back there and pick up where they started. And I believe all of us are going through these kind of adjustments to be able to pick up wherever we left off on that path. Hallelujah. God is a faithful God. Glory to God. Let's go also to the book of Proverbs itself and the ninth chapter. I read there verse 6. It says, Forsake the foolish and live. Go in the way of understanding. <laughs> Forsake the foolish and live. Go in the way of understanding. Sometimes you may have to make an adjustment with your um, friendship with your connections. You may have to forsake people who are not so founded or thirsty for this kind of wisdom and counsel. You may have to just leave them and enjoy another level of life. Hallelujah. 
So don't feel too condemned if you read such a scripture. You may have to check through your your friendships and your connections and whatever and maybe forsake some of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. The word forsake is a bit negative, but what to do? We need to live according to the word of God. And God has given these kind of things. If they uh, are being constantly foolish and uh, not making an adjustment, maybe we need to leave them. We need to move on and live. Praise God. Let's observe Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 6 in Canada, please. Amen. Praise God. He that reproveth a scorner, getteth to himself shame. He that rebuketh a wicked man, getteth himself a blot. So there's someone called a scorner, and then there's a guy called a wicked person. The wicked person is one who's given wholly to wickedness and the devil. You could say he's like an unbeliever. Scorners may be there among believers also. Yeah, they just think they're so great. They just think that they have the last word on everything. you know. So uh, there's a difference. You may not be able to reprove everybody or correct everybody. You may be able to uh, figure out that not everybody can be corrected. Yes, that is a big step in the direction of wisdom. You cannot correct everybody. Hallelujah. Verse 8, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, he will love you. See, that's the difference. So, the wise person is open. And when he hears a rebuke, and if he knows it's true, he's going to love you for it, because he knows that sometimes uh, you're so full of whatever you think you are, that you can miss out things uh, the way others are seeing it. And if it is true, praise God, that guy makes adjustments and he will love you for it. So there's one way to tell whether somebody is wise or foolishness or foolish by the way they react to correction. It's very simple. There's a lot in there. Even though it's just coming out like that, there's plenty. You know, in families you can tell the difference between those who act foolishly and those who are wise. The, their attitude just shifts because of correction. They just instantly, you know, give you a lot of space and leave you behind. That's just a mark of their own foolishness. And uh, that they are not subtle, they are not discreet, they, they don't know how to have just common sense. Praise God. But for the unbeliever, the guy who just is just hateful and full of scorn and makes fun of you and he has never accepted Jesus, what do you do to such guys? You just bless those who curse you. And pray for those who hate you and despitefully use you. Amen? The unbeliever doesn't understand love. They just cannot function. It's like, what? After all this, you, you sent me a gift and you shake my hand. But the believer may understand. You say, oh, okay, you're doing the love thing, huh? <laughs> That's nice. Okay, yeah. But for the unbeliever, it's a total blow. It's like, but after all that I've done, this is how you repay me? That speaks more than all the correction. So don't try correcting unbelievers. Try correcting believers who respond. You can tell. And they're going to get wiser. They're going to love you. You would have gained a new friend. Hallelujah. Verse 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man. He will be yet wiser. 
So you can tell who a wise man is, the guy who accepts it and he's going to get wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. Praise God. So you may hear over the period of time that some people will say, Ah, in the beginning, it was hard for me to just adjust to your kind and all of your correction and all of that, but I just decided to stick with it and I've come out better and I'm so grateful. All those kind of things. Hallelujah. And that could happen to anybody. But, you know, that desire for wisdom, that discipline that it comes with, is probably the whole problem. Let's hear maybe verse 7 and then verse 8 also in Kannada, please. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm glad that we are able to think at least about these things more and more and put in the discipline that is required so that we can begin to act honorably, treat people with honor and enjoy more blessing and progress in our lives. Hallelujah. So it's going to be a matter of, in these days, to choose what is holy, what is honorable, what is pure, what is lovely. That's what it's all going to boil down to. We may have to make a choice daily to spend time, set apart the bulk of your thinking, to get your ears and eyes filled with such kind of honorable thoughts, rather than whatever is going on outside. See, there's an onslaught against our senses, against our values, against biblical truth, which is going to attack the earth. And so um, people could get caught up with all of that and lose their direction and lose their purpose and feel hopeless and helpless and even quit. And, um, you know, that could be a, a terrible thing. Hallelujah. So, my brother and sister, let's uh, press into these kind of things prayerfully and let's see how God can help us come out. Praise God. Let's go to Colossians also, the third chapter, and observe there. Verse 1 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Amen. So our desire should be on a daily basis to seek the things that are above because that's where Christ sits at the right hand of God and that is your place. As the Father has honored Jesus, Jesus has honored us and therefore we have to keep our thoughts there. He is the image of the invisible God. We have the Word of God with us and therefore we can actually have even the image. Can you see that? So keep your thoughts there and the images of God and the Word will come to pass. Verse 2, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So do not be affected by the things that are going to be on the earth, that are coming upon the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with Him 
in glory. Hallelujah. One of these days Jesus is going to appear and you will also appear with Him in glory. Hallelujah. So it's time to actually get verses of Scripture like the Scripture of uh, Revelation chapter 4 and begin to read it again and again and go up to the throne of our Father and give your thoughts and your ideas there and start spending time in that place going through the articles that are written there all the furniture, all that you see there fellowship with those realities fellowship with those scriptures set your deepest affections there hallelujah because that's where your life actually is we are just passing through this is not where we actually uh, stay this is not where we put our anchors there's a city and there is a country that we have come from. And we're going back there. Jesus is taking us back there. Hallelujah. And so the more you begin to set your affection on things that are above, the less uh, this world can actually hold you back. You see, it's user-friendly. Just like uh, the addictive things uh, on the earth, like alcohol, and uh, all of those mind-grabbing things that the world has, you know, uh, drugs and stuff like that, we have our own kind of uh, addictive, Word of God-based things that draw us. The more we use them, the more we get drawn there, and we camp there. Hallelujah! And it begins to grow on you, and, and you become stuck in those things. That is actually what he's saying. Praise God. So it's a good thing to know that if you get used to this, you get addicted to it, and you get stuck there. You know, I am very familiar with addictive stuff because I, I really got involved with uh, all of these kind of things that eventually I was so stuck there, I was useless for anything else. And therefore, today, I can see the positive side. As you spend time putting your mind, your affection, your deep thoughts on the Word of God and setting your thoughts in heaven, the Bible declares that you'll begin to enjoy life. Christ is our life. He's at the right hand of God. Praise God. And that's where your life is hid, actually. So your real life in its fullness is not even here. It's in heaven. And so you can enjoy life from this day onwards, by just focusing on Him, by keeping your thoughts on Him, enjoying this scriptural fellowship with the Word, and you can get stuck there. And your responses will be different from what everybody else is uh, doing on the earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. And so as you begin to fellowship with the one who is seated at the right hand, most of your responses will be joyful. Hallelujah. And um, that's the truth. And so verse 5 says, You will mortify your members which are upon the earth, and fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is actually idolatry, all of these things, will not be your portion. Hallelujah. Because they, they require your 
active participation. They, they require your thoughts. But when your thoughts are elsewhere occupied, are set, and your affections are set in some other place, you know, you cannot be in two places at the same time as far as your thoughts go. Your thoughts have to be in one place at the same time. You can't be double-minded. You have to be single-minded. So if you can keep your thoughts in heaven, you don't have to worry. Your body and every other choice you make is going to actually fall in line with heaven's way of thinking. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Now I'd like us to go jump off to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 as we prepare ourselves for um, thinking on communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read there, verse 7. He says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Hallelujah. So that's the Passover lamb of Exodus chapter 12. Jesus, the Christ, has become our Passover lamb. And so this meal is about Him. And there's nothing wrong with the Lamb, you see. The Lamb is perfect. The sacrifice is perfect. It's not about us. It's about Him, and that is perfect. What is left, therefore, is just certain ways of thinking. Verse 8 says, Therefore let us not keep the feast with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice, Wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Sincerity and truth. Hallelujah. So examine your heart and see if you are sincerely contemplating the Word of God. You want to live as though God's eyes are looking at you. Praise God. See, there are people who say experience is the best teacher. That's not necessarily true. Because most people have gone through things and they may have become great people of experience, but that doesn't mean that they learned anything special. They didn't get anything special out of all of that. So you may say plainly that experience comes to everybody, but how you act in the experience is what makes you different. So when the Word of God becomes like a nail in your life, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 11, is a nail. The experiences can become like a hammer. As long as you hold on to the Word of God, the Word will become so nailed into your life that it becomes inseparable with you. And you come out of every experience victoriously because the Word of God has triumphed. And that's what makes it a wise move. Amen. So today I have learned some things over the years that just choose the Word of God. doesn't matter what you feel, what you see. Stick with the Word of God. Whatever the experience is outside there, you'll come out on top because the Word cannot fail. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one of His words to fail. Hallelujah. So if He says, when you take that meal, make sure you do it sincerely. No matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you have gone through with people, usually that's where the bitterness comes from. 
He says, sincerely as though God were standing there, forgive them. Let it go. Amen. You may have to disconnect from those who still continue acting foolishly, you know, and uh, draw you down. You may have to let them go and pray for them so that they adjust and come up. But then take the meal. Hallelujah. Not with any malicious thinking, wicked thinking, but with sincerity and truth. Praise God. So let's be true. Let's be absolutely true with ourselves. Hallelujah. Sincerely true with ourselves. Examine as this month has turned the corner and we are already uh, past the fourth and the fifth. Wow, praise God. It's already rolling. This is a month of all kinds of things. Let's begin to line up some things before we take communion. I want you to just consider for a few moments if there's been any bitterness, any hardness, uh, you know, people you have dealt with uh, dishonorably, even your own children, your own family. You've talked down at them and treated them low. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, we can now make adjustments. Praise God. Let's hear 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8 in Canada, please. Adakarna, now, Hale Hulianu Andare, Durmargatwa, Dustatwa, Emba Hulianu, Itukola Day, Saralate Satate, Emba Hulila, the routine, the Habavano Acherisona. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. So, as you begin to think about it, consider also Romans chapter 2, and let's observe there from verse 1. It says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same thing. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Hallelujah. So notice here we are saying things like, uh, be careful with judging others. Make sure that you are judging exactly the thing, not the person. You know, praise God. Um, but you have to be careful when you make judgments. Praise God. Let's read another verse like that. Maybe that will be better in Canada even. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15. It says, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. So here we have a, an interesting verse. Let's hear that in Canada also. 1 Corinthians 2.15. Thank you, brother. So we are called to love people and we can judge the things, you know, the, the actions. If you can correct people based on their action and still love them, then you have the wisdom. Amen? But if they cannot receive it, well, you know, Jesus had a way of correcting His disciples. He loved them. He loved them to the end, the Bible says in John 13. But He also corrected them. He told them when they were acting out against the Word of God. So, um, 
Not everybody likes that, but that's the mark of the wisdom of God. So today, you know, you may have to judge uh, just the actions of people, what they have done, and then love them. Are you getting it? So try to separate them from their actions or the doing from them, themselves. You see, people are not necessarily what they do. We sometimes in our thinking, because we live in a world where you are valued by what you do, <laughs> rather than who you really are, we are sons of God, you know. And it's not based on what we do really. It's because we are sons and we have that value. However, what we do is important, and we are supposed to be doers of the word, right? And that doing makes us valuable for a certain operation, for a teamwork, for a family, for a church, etc. So sometimes what we do is not right. And uh, judgment must be based on the word, and we should be able to say, I'm sorry, what I did was not right. Hallelujah. The person himself is a child of God. And God has honored each one of us and said, He that receives you receives Jesus, and he that receives Jesus receives God the Father. Hallelujah. So uh, there's a certain wisdom which is very, very nice and sweet that you can feel in it all. So take time today uh, as you consider that meal, that we want to eat it sincerely and in truth. We want to let some things go. And you can go ahead and uh, enjoy taking communion more at home, you know, dealing with each of these things. And, and I believe the target of it all is that God wants us to be able to have a faith that is so strong and vibrant that nothing becomes impossible, that everything becomes possible unto us. You see that? Hallelujah. So consider that for a minute and let's uh, prayerfully think about the cup and the bread. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Lord, help us to separate the people from the actions. People who may have hurt us, offended us, done things against us. Even in our own lives, individually, what we may have done, and the person that we are, help us to separate the two. To judge those actions and to love the individuals. Hallelujah. To hold nothing against the individuals. But where the need is, help us to give them space prayerfully so that each may develop and grow. Prayerfully, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. Ha, ha, ha. Mashele kretebele debokosotoya. Any area of worrying, any place of fear, any place that we have tolerated with cares and worries, we do not want to choke the Word of God in our life. We lay these things at your feet in the name of Jesus. Any place of dishonor where we have talked down to people and treated them lowly, mercy, Lord, in Jesus' name. We worship you today. Every worry and care about the things that are upon the earth, about families and so on, we release them in Jesus' name. That so we may take this meal completely free with sincerity and truth. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We release our family members in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Those things that they may have done, they are judged. But the people are the beloved. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. And we want to prepare ourselves to meet you face to face. To be affected by you. To be affected by heaven. More than anything else. We worship you. We worship you. No worries, no cares. Our God shall supply all our needs. According to his riches in glory. Not our pockets. You have qualified us. You have qualified us to receive from the inheritance of the saints in light. We choose to believe that. We choose to receive from your inheritance, from the glory realm, in the name of Jesus. We have decided to go with the word rather than any emotion or feeling, in the name of Jesus. Bodies receive healing now, in the name of Jesus. Minds be restored now, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Let me read another scripture as we are winding down. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Father. From First Samuel chapter 28, we kind of looked at it a bit during the fasting and prayer. It's an interesting story here about Saul. Um, not Saul of Tarsus, but um, Saul, Jonathan's father, the one who became the king, from whom the kingdom was taken. And um, he said that God had become his enemy, and so on and so forth, that God was not answering his prayers anymore. And so he decided to come to the witch of Endor, praise God. And um, she was asked to bring up Samuel, and all of that. And verse 16 says in 1 Samuel 28, Then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee, and is become thine enemy? And we were saying yesterday also, that uh, James 4 tells us uh, from verse 4 on, that if you are a friend of the world, you can become an enemy of God. So we cannot have the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. We cannot tolerate and bring those things into our life and be still friends with God. That was James, the Lord's half-brother. So, keep your eyes on the Word. Keep your emotions where they ought to be in the Word of God. Don't be moved by what's in the world. Hallelujah. Verse 17, The Lord has done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord has rent the kingdom out of thine hand, and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore has the Lord done this thing unto thee. That's verse 18. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, 
and tomorrow shall thou and thy sons be with me. <laughs> the Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell straightway all headlong on the earth and was sore afraid. So you will notice here it's a very interesting story. Um, you know, you can read it this way and that way, but I believe there's a clear way to read it also. The way you interpret things, the way you read things is, is very important. Eventually you will notice this person called Samuel in the Old Testament, he actually rises in quote and tells him all these things which are very true. And God has already told the man that he and his sons are going to join Samuel. That means in death. <laughs> Praise God. And as you read, you know, they eventually get caught in the battle and um, they all die. The only thing about it is that um, Saul tells someone to actually kill him rather than face the enemy. He says too much of a disgrace. That was his problem. He was so concerned about his own value or honor. It's too shameful for this army to kill me. Instead, he tells his own guys to kill him. And uh, they cannot do it, so he, he kills himself. <laughs> Praise God. So sometimes because of your own problems and your own thinking and your own value system, you're so miserable that you feel like committing suicide and killing yourself and all of that. Don't worry about what you think about yourself. Worry about what God thinks about you. Amen? The things that you are in Christ is what is important. Our life is in Him, not in ourselves. Amen? Yes, He has given us this special place. He that touches you, touches the apple of His eye. Amen? So, all of these things are important in communion, taking sincere, true communion. Hallelujah! So today, as you prepare for communion, think about all this. All of those kind of fears, worries, and honor issues, how they've not honored you well, how they've treated you like trash, and you can't take it anymore, how the family has responded to you, and all of that stuff. Just wrap it all up and say, that's not my problem, don't bug me. In God's eyes, I'm special, I'm His chosen, I'm His brother, I'm His address, I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. So take this meal today with such thoughts, and let us release everything else. Do it sincerely and in truth. And let us enjoy the benefit of it, which says, we shall not die like that. We shall not sleep off. We shall fulfill the number of our days. We shall accomplish the purpose for which we were brought to the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you have a cup by your side, let's all have communion. Let's take from the bread and from the cup. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We release every kind of captive in our thoughts today. Hallelujah. We accept your honor. We accept the place you have given us. We lay every other thought down. And we say we are your chosen. We are your special, royal, priesthood, holy people. Chosen generation. Every generational curse is over. 
Because we are in the generation that is chosen with the bloodline of the great king. We refuse every sickness right now. We refuse every curse right now. In sincerity and truth, as we eat and drink, we take the benefits today. More than enough, excessive life, more abundantly to the full, till it overflows. In Jesus' name, we refuse the stealing, the killing, and the death and destruction in Jesus' name. The door that God has opened, that's the door we receive. The door that He has shut, that's the door that we say shut. We receive from the door of blessing. We say no to every curse in the name of Jesus. Amen. Shall we eat and drink in Jesus' name? Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you today. We praise you today. We worship you today. We have decided, Lord, that this month is different for us. This month is a month of fellowshipping with you. Enjoying you more than before. Hallelujah. Setting our thoughts on you. Acting on the wisdom of God, sincerely and in truth. Therefore we receive today, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I believe you're going to have fun, you're going to enjoy this month so much with God in the heavenly realms. You're going to enjoy days of heaven on earth. In spite of what is going to happen on the earth. Your thoughts, your affections will be set in heaven. Hallelujah. And nothing will move you. Nothing. Nothing. Praise God. God is a faithful God. Hallelujah. If you'd like to give also, you can uh, do that right now. Thank you, Brother Sharad, for helping us. All kinds of little circuses go on like this to be able to get to you. Uh, to bring the Canada version to you is not very easy, but God is faithful. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Those of you who are tithers and who use the media to give also or the uh, available things there, you'll see it on your screen. We use this as a point of contact right now. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, in this time when the earth is complaining, when the earth is struggling, we declare that our God shall supply all our need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We declare that we are willing and obedient. We shall eat the good of the land, wear the good of the land, drive the good of the land, fly the good of the land, have whatever Jesus paid for. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Sharad. Thank you, team. You are blessed. Hallelujah.